Welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. And we're here, we're sitting by the river, having some swamp fruit or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> they look a lot like melons. They do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're having some river melons here. It's a nice day. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Like, full disclosure, I've not been up long. So I've had a very long, well, last week I had a long week, which I think I'm still catching up on, which I'm saying this now because I think it also affected my viewing. Okay. So I just, like, I did enjoy it, but it was a struggle. But I don't think it was a struggle because of the episode. I think it was a struggle because I'm so tired. So I just want to be upfront about that. It's funny, actually, yeah, because sometimes it does affect your viewing in the same way that I like or don't like a story depending if I watched it as a child or not yeah 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 this is your version of that it is yeah and I just think like I might not sound as enthusiastic because it I found it really hard because I was just so tired (laughs) like so me and Mark were supposed to record at half 10 and I forgot to set my alarm and woke up at like half 11. (laughs) Before we start did you watch the coronation concert yesterday? No I was watching this Oh, okay. (laughs) I've seen William's speech, though. Okay. I just thought it was a really good... Whether you like the coronation or not or whatever, it was just a really good concert, I thought. The way they did it, the way it was filmed. Yeah. And they had all, like... Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Did you see any clips of the bay? Yeah. Was it busy? No, it didn't look busy at all. Because, yeah, my mum... So, obviously, like I've said, I live in the bay... And I'd literally been in the bay about an hour before. And like no one was in the, like literally, I've taken a bit, no one was there. But I couldn't work out what, I was like, this has to be something like, for the, is it the party? What's going on? There was like nothing. Did they put a big screen up for it? Yeah, for yeah, yeah, there was a big screen. Like, But they were setting up for like two days because originally I thought, oh, they're showing the coronation there. And I was like, no, they're showing that in the castle. So I was like, well, what is this? I, and I live in the bay, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So they, as part of it, they were lighting up certain cities. So there was drones. So I wasn't sure if you would have seen out your window. They'd had these drones, and it made a dragon that moved above the, oh, the centre. I mean, no. Okay. I cannot <laughs> tell you how little I saw like of people in action. It was really weird and it just hasn't been talked about. Because then my mum messaged me like, are you watching the concert? They've got drones they're going to show drones over like Cardiff Bay. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's what that was in the Bay. But I cannot express how little was said about what was happening. And I put up a poll from last week about Megalos. I saw. Was, um, and the results are in. And with, I think it was 42% of the vote, Mega Beige. Mega Beige! <laughs> <laughs> Mega beige. So people agree with us. I think I voted as well. Oh, right, yeah. I think I put mega beige. 
Uh, but it is uh, full circle this week. Oh, I've just got to remember. I just need to put in, uh, make a note before we start. I need to tell Dexter we've come full circle. I'll put it in my phone. I'll call him <laughs> later <laughs> just to remind him. <laughs> it's on my alerts. Tell him. We've come full circle. We've, we've come full circle. So this one, I'm really excited to find out what you think about this. And this one has a, a childhood memory attached ah! to it. My favourite kind of stories, <laughs> which we haven't had for ages. No. So I, I got the there was like a box set of videos that this was in from this season, and I, I think I got it when I was twelve. It was a first year of secondary school, I think ninety eight, because it's in my diary. I think that I got this. Oh. I remember I was so excited to get this on my birthday, and I was trying to remember what happened. I remember the evening of me putting this in the video and watching it, but I think I had. My friends Tom and Rob come round. Okay. First. So we've yeah. lost what's his name from primary school at this point. Uh, so Ross, who stole my video and never gave it, yeah. So he went to a different secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Tom is the same. He, I knew him in primary school, and then Rob. I've not mentioned Rob before, and this is a weird thing. I don't know if I don't know if you had this or not. You know, whenever there was like a new kid in your school that came like halfway through the year or halfway, you know, there was like, I always got even put with them or I made friends with them. I don't know why. <laughs> and Rob was, Rob. I remember he arrived in like year five or something and he said he had Planet of the Spiders on video, which is probably why I made friends with him. But I never actually saw, I think he was just saying that um, because hey, I, I never know, saw that's that. That's a very specific thing to have like, I have this episode and like know what it is. I don't know because I remember he, like, he arrived like, and they were like on the internet and <laughs> what episodes of Doctor Who there were. I must have said to him, "Do you like Doctor Who?" It was like the first thing that I said to him when I when he arrived, Aww. and he said, "Yes, I've got Planet of the Spiders." But I, I don't reckon know. he did. I you wouldn't like, that's too specific. I think he always said he was going to lend it to me, and he never did, so I never saw it. Maybe his parents were like, "No, no, 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 you can't lend it to that ginger boy." <laughs> get it back. I've heard no. stories of other kids stealing tapes That's cool. I can't find. I've got the video still somewhere. The box set. I can't find it right now. But it's a really cool packaging, like big, like sturdy box with like three stories in. Um, and I, I, I just really like this one. All the location stuff. There was lots of like TARDIS stuff, which as a kid I really love watching stuff inside the TARDIS, like we do. It was, and it was probably the first time that I saw the the new titles for this season as well. I don't think I've yeah, seen that yeah, yeah. as well. So um, I think, do you know what? This is the first time watching the titles now, like that. I'm like, God, they were real. Like, I mean, I felt it at the time after the set. I was like, oh, but like, I was like, God, these are so different. I don't know. I just felt a new appreciation for the titles watching it now. So last week, the Time Lords wanted Romana back. And the first thing I want to talk about is we see Romana's bedroom. Yes! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think that's the first time we've seen a companion's bedroom, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, we haven't even seen like another room for a long time. For a long time. We had that like black room with a fridge in it for key to time, which was yeah. like nothing. Um, they've walked past the wardrobe room or they've walked past something that like yeah. do you remember and it was there yeah. in the background to indicate that massive room we were like oh that's a unless you count those wobbly beds that Susan laid on as her bedroom if that was her bedroom that was a pretty oh, bad yeah. bedroom oh yeah those beds <laughs> I mean God, they've got bed. rid of them at least well, so what do you think of Romana's bedroom this is the one question that I really want you to answer oh, anything. forget the story what did you think it was very pink wasn't it 
Yeah, I thought the weirdest thing was that sort of weird... Behind it, it was like mushroom cloud things in the... I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, it's very girly. It's like a teenager's bedroom. It's sort of that lilac-y, sort of rosy, but a bit Ikea-y with, like, lamps hanging down. I imagined it. If you were in the 80s and a girl, you'd want that bedroom. I don't know. It was a bit... got a few sort of antique bits in there as well. Not really? It was mainly more spacey. Yeah. I don't know. It reminded me of what they thought a teenage girl's space bedroom <laughs> might be like. A space bedroom, yeah. Space bedroom. But she's not like a teenager, though. That's, what, that's why it was weird. That's why it really stuck out to me. It was really girly. And I'm not saying I imagined it like impractical, but I guess maybe a bit more neutral. Like she's an adult. So I imagine it to be like an adult's bedroom. But also this is the 80s and things are more bright. Like, you know, think of, I I was reading Bob Mortimer's autobiography recently and his whole home was orange because um, that was sort of in. There were the orange house and they had orange carpets and orange walls when he grew up and stuff like. So I think colour is more of a thing of the time. And if I think of like, things of the 70s and 80s. I mean, we're only just in the 80s, aren't we? We're the late 70s, very early 80s. So I think colour would have been a big thing. And I'm sort of thinking more clean and simple. And Actually, speaking of um, rooms and things, I watched um, a Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Miss Americana, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really, I really that. good. I thought yeah, it was really good. Heard. But her kitchen is amazing when she's in her when she's making dinner in a oh, the yeah, way that yeah. it, oh wow that is brilliant that is the best I, her kitchen was just i was like wow what was your childhood cool. bedroom like it was like cream walls some weird like curtain like patterny curtains that were like sort of green and orange and terracotta sort of thing um i just had lots of shelves with stuff sort of yeah. same as i do now really I had, yeah, just Doctor Who stuff on the wall, I think. I had a picture. I had a photo, right, of the... This, I don't know. I've got it for Christmas. I don't know why. Like, some publicity photo of, like, a whole crowd of Doctor Who people. And right. I had it framed on my wall. And I remember oh. when my friends came around, someone was like, is that your family? <laughs> like... Because <laughs> it just looked like a sort of family picture. And there were all of these weird costumes, like all the Doctors and stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> um... Yeah, I had a desk, just like a desk. It was quite small. It was like the smallest room. Like there was hardly any room. It was like a desk and a bed and there was like, it was like a sort of halls of residence sort of size room. Because I, I had two bedrooms. I, my initial bedroom then became the office. It was tiny. And by tiny, I mean single bed, wardrobe, that was it. It, it was literally the, the small room. And then I moved into the other room. My favourite colour growing up was purple. So I had purple walls, um, like this like bluey purple it was, and I had these curtains that had the purple in it and a yellow and a green. They were like a patchwork with a flower, right? And there was a border. You know, um, like you used to have wallpaper borders, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I saw this matching border to my curtains and I wanted it and my mum was like 
I don't really want to do that. And But I moaned so much, it was like, fine. I think because I was moving into my own bedroom. Like the initial bedroom I had was like, it was next to my parents' rooms. It was more when I was growing up and little. And then I was getting my own bedroom, you know. That and the drug addicts have been living in my bedroom before that. So, side story hole there. But so when he moved out, and then I was uh, maybe a year later, they were like, we'll get that room ready for Sarah now. That border, my mum was like, never again. Like, in fact, we talked about it recently. She was like, never again. That border was horrible to put up. Your dad was cursing putting it up. I was cursing putting it up. It, it took forever for what was a tiny border around the room. It took forever. Um, and then years later, when I wanted to decorate my room and it had to come down, my mum was like cursing everything. She was like, it was the worst thing ever. We couldn't paint over it. We couldn't do anything with it. It was just awful. But I still have my curtains up in my bedroom from my childhood. They are still, my mum was like so begrudging of A, how much these curtains cost, and B, this border, the curtains stayed. Like later on, I must have been a teenager. I had a pink wall, one pink wall, and then cream walls, the other ones were cream. And I was saying to my mum recently, I was like, you should probably change it because, like, whenever I come home, I feel like I go back in time. Like, I feel like I go back to being a teenager and that. And my mum was like, no, I spent too long painting that pink wall having to, and getting rid of that purple. I never had, my mum didn't like shells and stuff like that, so I never had anything like that. But I did have... I had a built-in wardrobe, three built-in wardrobes, which I think explains my um, clothing obsession now. Um, I remember one Christmas I was on FaceTime to like my boyfriend at the time, and I was in my room, and he was in his room at home, and then he was like, "Hang on, do you have, have you got three wardrobes?" I was like, "Yes, I do." Wow, you just reminded me. I my room was so small. I didn't have a wardrobe. The wardrobe was outside on the landing outside really? my room. <laughs> That's where my wardrobe was. I, I did have a, the wall was one wall was just wardrobes, and so there was one that was a normal wardrobe, one that was like a half half wardrobe, and then just loads of sh- like drawers, and then another one that was wardrobe at the top and drawers at the bottom. So everything was in the, like, and by everything like. I had um, grandparents that used to give me old, like, uh, porcelain dolls. And they were all in the wardrobe, just behind a door. You open this door, anyone that opened that you open this one door, and there was just a shelf of, like, 12 porcelain dolls just stood there. Nothing was on display. My mum hated dusting. So everything was behind the wardrobe. This has just reminded me, when Ross and my friend Luke used to come round... This sounds awful, but they used to come around and they used to make such a mess of my room going through everything. And before they went, I made them tidy up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, right, I was like, let's play a game. My mum would be the same. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm going to play this song. And by the end of this song, you have we have tidied up this whole place. I'd be like, press it. It was like Eiffel 65 or something. And then I'd be like, right, go. And they'd be like this. And I'd get them to tidy hey, up. I can't believe I made them do that. Do but I was like, what? you made such, I you got everything had, I, out. They just went through everything. And I was like... I never had people around at mine. I'm just thinking about it now. Because we were just outside a lot. So we were out in the village. Well, they used to... I mean, they used to it sort of just come around. in the village. Like, you just... I would go around to other people sometimes. If we did, like, a games day, like, if they wanted to play video games, I'd go to theirs. But, on like... 
very rarely, other than like downstairs. And it's not that we didn't have people over either. Like, but it was we never just went to my room or anything. We we're always just downstairs. We we're just like we'd be in the living room or something, and they'd just leave us to it. I mean, I, I wouldn't invite them around. They would come around, literally yeah, just yeah. knock on the door all the time. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like, sort of thing. So I just feel terrible now, but I did. Yeah, I never actually ever actually asked them around. They just would always just be like, that's nice. Or we'll go though. around on their bikes or something, or we're going at like they'd all. You know, you go around and like knock on the door. Is so and so here? Is someone there? You'd always do that. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what I mean. Like that's what I used to do. We used to. I so when I first the house. I mean, we still live there, but I think I was about five when um when I moved there. And there was a knock at the door one day and it was the lad from the bottom of the street who just noticed that, like, I'd moved in, like, a child had moved in. So his parents were like, go and ask if she wants to play. So they'd come up from the bottom of the street and was like, does she want to play? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, what's your name? Okay, uh, off you go, sir. Like, while we're talking about this as well, we will carry on about <laughs> Romana yeah, in a minute. Yeah. But um, it was it must have been in the holidays and, like, I think Luke's mum was out all day or something and he was like oh do you want to come around i was like okay so i came around and we watched this film sphere which is like this sci-fi anyway we sat and watched this whole film and then ross came around and luke was like oh there's this really good film so we sat and watched sphere again <laughs> i was like oh my god i've watched this one and then his neighbor this girl came around and he was like oh we're gonna watch sphere and we watched it again i watched sphere three times in this day <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> I've watched Sphere three times. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. It's, um, it's, quite, it's quite a oh, it's sort of like late 90s sci-fi film. It's quite good, actually. Well, I watched it three times. Um, well, actually, well, speaking of, like, kids and stuff, we've got this, like, gang of youths that are on Alzheimer's. They're what, gang of youths. So what are you thinking of these guys when they when they come on? So. I mean, there's only really, there's about three that I remember. I mean, there's the main guy. What's his name? So we've got Adric. Ad- Adric, yeah. Yeah, so we've got Adric. In the morning. Uh, so Adric, I liked. Then there was the leadery one. His brother is Varsh. Oh, he's really annoying. Varsh is just annoying throughout. Varsh has an attitude problem. And then there was another one that was sort of like between the two quite helper. He's a... One that dies on the ship. Oh well, they both will Vash and it's Ty Loss, I think it is. Um, but both of then them there's die. There's a daughter, isn't there? Kira. Kira. Yeah. So she's useful in terms of like she connects to the story that's going on on the ship, but she doesn't really bring much. Yeah, the the leader one was really annoying. <laughs> well, so you've got these. Um, everyone's doing all these river fruits. They're out in the river. I mean, it's decorately. Considering there, there's a lot of location stuff, they do quite well, don't they? Putting all the cobwebs up and lighting it and everything. I wouldn't swim in that river though. It looks really. I was freezing. thinking, I was like, what river are they swimming in? Like, when was this, and what river is that? It looked awful. Yeah, but anyway, they they tried. I did yeah. initially. It looked all right, and then once you got closer, you saw. But the initial shot, it looked like some happy summer's day. I was like, oh, they're in the river, and yeah. Yeah, and but, so the kids are like stealing these river fruits and stuff and Adric needs to prove himself to be in the gang and stuff so you've got all that going on that's quite nice uh so you sort of see this society happening everyone's wearing everyone wears like yellow and orange everyone always wears yellow they did in the sun makers they did in pirate planet i swear it's the same material every time <laughs> they've yeah, just got this yellow material costumes, like we just said there were quite a lot of extras in this 
Oh, there was loads, yeah. It felt like there were loads as well. Like sometimes they just have a few, but they do it in a way that makes it feel like more. But there actually seems to be a lot of extra bodies in this. Yeah, I suppose they have to get that across. It's a whole society going on to this. And it felt like a whole society. It felt like that is... I think that's the first thing I'm sort of realising of this era is the scale scenes. It fits more. When they say they're a society, it feels like it's a society, not just like a couple of people on a planet. I suppose, yeah, before we would have had like it more theatre style, two or three people performing, this is our work. And maybe a mirror to make it seem like there were twice as many or something. But here, it does just seem more filmic, doesn't it? Just the way it's shot, even in the studio as well. And I really noticed it, this story. Because last week, Megalos was all in studio. And you didn't get that. And it felt it felt great, but this felt I don't know, it just reminded some of the really big episodes of the sixties, it reminded me a little bit of like that feel. Not in terms of not filming, but like it felt big. It felt like I'm seeing a society. It felt like there are these people doing their things, and then you've got some kids that are like I don't know, restricting, you know, against the norms and stuff like that, you know, all that. I, it was really interesting. I did, but I felt it. So you get sort of what the story was about, like they talked about this mistfall is coming. I think that was, there, there was, so, I'm so conflicted by it. And also I was really tired. So I'm not sure if my, like that's why I had to say it's so, not because I'm not sure if some of my conflicts is because I was tired or where, well, but I enjoyed the. I don't enjoy it where you have loads of stuff where. I mean, we did not work. We did not find out until halfway through the fourth episode exactly what was what they were and what was happening. Do you know what I mean? But I quite like that because you've got this. Um, but some mystery. Sometimes that annoys me. Sometimes I'm like, I like the mystery, but I like it if you're dropping things that hint us to what is happening. And we didn't, like, the whole time it's like, hmm, hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of restricted information for maybe a bit longer than I would have liked. The beginning of the story is that you've got the mistfall is coming, gather your fruits and your melons. We've got to go now because the mists are here and the marshmen are going to come out of the water and get us if we don't get inside. Here's something I didn't understand, and you might so. Does it, is this like, because then they said they're in for 10 years. Well, generations, I think, inside, yeah. So have they, that's what I think, what I didn't understand. Was it that they would, this happened regularly and they knew that this would be coming at some point, it's happening, we need to go inside and now we're in here for generations and then we go back out? I couldn't work out what the cycle of it all was. Yeah, I think it's been happening for generations. They just go in the ship and die because they're already because they come from spider to marshman or something. That's also what I couldn't work out. Are they spider to marshman or are they spider and marshman? Spider to marshman, I think. But how do they come out of the marsh if they're born on the land of spiders? Oh, okay. This is getting complicated. I feel like everybody should know this. I got by the end. I was like, I get that they're all connected in their full circle. What I couldn't work out what that 
Oh, here we go. I'm just looking up. The Doctor and Romana determined from research that the ship has been maintained for 40,000 generations by a species that has three aspects, spiders, marshmen, and then the current humanoids. So I think they've evolved, like the spiders have evolved to marshmen and the marshmen have evolved to the humanoids. Yeah, over 40,000. Over 40,000 generations. Not just die in the ship, but by that point, the outside ones would have become human and then they go in the ship. Like, that's what I couldn't work out. Oh, it says here, um, I'm just trying to see that. The Doctor explains that the present-day Alzarians are actually a subspecies of marshmen who wiped out the Starliner's original crew and then evolved into human form to take their place. Does that answer any questions there? Okay, <laughs> they were marshmen... That so they all they all coexist. They That's coexist, they but it. their ancestors were marshmen, I think. But they do all sort of exist at once. So it's like us existing at the same time as birds and fish, I suppose. I guess, <laughs> like, yeah, it was. Yeah, that that was just something I was like, are they? I know that they're ancestors of it, but I couldn't work out what the. So really, it's not actually really a full circle as such. No. It's sort of like a. Um, concurrent circles because like if they died did they then become fruit again or did, <laughs> no I did, no they don't I think they don't I think I think we are, they are all as they are fruit marshman and people are not going to change into things once they die but over the generations those marshmen will probably evolve into humans to take the place of these ones, the ones when they die out. But is it that those ones happen to like that but they all, generation? But they all do exist at the same time. Yeah, they sort of took over the space because they love of their things, and then are therefore a bit more advanced. Well, then all these um like um instructions for the ship have been written from generations and generations. So someone wrote that in the beginning. They've died out. These marshmen have come out of the swamp. And lived. Um, so okay, right. So the Starliner crashes, <laughs> right? And all the instructions are there and everything. And they're like, "Oh no, we need to fix the ship. We're going to stay inside and fix the ship." Great. Um, the Marshmen come out of the the mists and everything, and evolve into humans. Meanwhile, those humans that have been in the ship have all died out. The marshmen on the surface evolve into the people that are picking the fruit and everything. And then this legend comes where actually we need to go into the ship because the mists are going to come and the marshmen are going to get us. So then that lot go inside the ship and shut themselves in for however many generations. Meanwhile, outside, the marshmen, are, the spiders to marshmen are coming up and revolving into humans. So by the time they evolve into humans, that other lot that have shut themselves in that think they're fixing the ship have probably all died out. And maybe it goes around I mean. like that. I think that's it. Someone will probably say that that's completely wrong, but I think that's how it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I just that was just something throughout was because then when they died, or if they were attacked by a marshman or spider, they got the blue marks on their face. But they either seem to die if they were attacked by a marshman, but if they were attacked by a spider like Romana was, they were okay, but they became like. I think that's just the the. Um... Yeah, like the poison or the venom, yeah. I think. But she was attacked by the spider, not by the marshman. So, but when they were all dead, they all had the same marks on their face. Anyway, we could talk about this 
literally the whole story if we're not careful. I think like I don't well, think it's a full circle in the sense of yeah, it didn't feel full. I get it. And I get where the idea comes from. I mean, you know, it's it, it's what we talk that's about. That's a good from idea. Monkey, from monkeys to humans. It's like us, what you know? isn't it like the Lion King? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, when someone <laughs> dies, someone takes their place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that old oh, that <laughs> guy, <laughs> yeah. Well, that guy that chases after Adric, he he's the one that says we've come full circle. I mean, poor old Adric. I mean, he a bit of a weak struggle, falls over in the mud, and then that guy does a proper flip. All Adric does is like tap him, and he goes. Whoo! And does like yeah. a stunt in the mud, which is completely unnecessary. And then Adric's in this nine 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 situation where he's like, "I've got to help this guy," um, but he doesn't because then the guy gets like sucked into the mud and everything, and says, "We've come full circle." But the way, okay, so the way it's done, it's quite dramatic and quite a mystery, and I like the way they build it up because then you've got the mist coming, and then you get the monster at the end of part one. You get all these. I it, I think it does work quite well. I also should say as well, with this whole TARDIS stuff, because Romana's pretty much stuck... When she's not being possessed, she's just stuck in the TARDIS for quite a lot of the time. She's sort of sidelined a bit. Are um, they talking? I think so in this one. I think it seemed all right in this one. It was an odd one. I couldn't work out. Maybe like, this is... I think this might... Because there's only the odd moment that they're together that he has to, like, sort of, you have to interact with them because... The whole point is he's convincing her not to. But she's pretty much out of this story. Yeah, it's... Um, Let's even... just come back to some of my issues with Romana as a companion. Um, there's this whole thing as well we haven't talked about where they've been taken out of... They've fallen through like a wormhole thing and they're in e-space now, which is a nice, exciting development. It, uh, yeah. In fact, that was something that I was like, like looking over the whole story. I was like, that was... I think one of the strongest elements of this whole thing that even they don't know where they are and they start adapting from the thing, you know, getting the new image thing. Um, and I really liked that they were in this new world now. Like, so they were on the way to Gallifrey, so you're expecting Gallifrey and now we're in a whole, and it reminded me a little bit of First Romana and this sort of quest story. It kind of gave us different, we're in a different place feel. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that. Mm. But yeah, she doesn't get much to do. I don't. I don't like her outfit in this. I don't like her green boots. I don't think they go with the red. No, I don't know. There's a lot of Romana I forgot about in there. Well, actually, I suppose because she's she's stuck in the TARDIS. She the kids come and like take over the TARDIS and threaten her and stuff. So that's only quite... briefly. She gives them back the knife. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but and then... that, that was the first hint of what Idris. I keep on calling Adric. Her. Adric, I keep wanting to call him Idris, like Idris Elba. Um, Adric, that was the first hint of Adric being a decent person because, like, he he doesn't want to, you know, like the signs. I also really liked. I'm guessing he's a stowaway. Why? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because the, when they're talking at the start, he's like, "I don't think I'm going to be on the fleet," and he talks about how he thinks he's going to be on another quest, and then at the end, he's there and he's got the things. And then, I don't know, he had a look of, like, I don't want to go out there. Because he's putting in the new image thing, and he's like, hmm. And I, I don't know, I think he's stowed away. But because he, he says right at the start, he goes, I don't think I'm going to be on the fleet. 
I don't think that's where my destiny is. And like, where are you going to go there? You're living the like you know. And he's like, no, I don't think it's that. I think so, uh, there'll be another ship. I think it's there. We'll have to find out next time. I know, I know. I just, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I just have a feeling based on that very initial thing at the start, which sort of would line into the introduction of a new character quite nicely. I mean, he, you know, and his look at the end. Like, we never see him leave, you know? We just see him there and he gives a look. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if you've stowed away. So... He's in it quite a lot in the story. He does help he with the Doctor a lot. And also, morally, his character is great. Like, he's really involved. If he's not a stowaway, and I'm wrong, then he's definitely up for, like, a best supporting character because he's very much a supporting character in this in in a very concrete way. Like, his character fits all that. And, and K-9 is um, he's back in this. He managed to get through that forest all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Most brief. of the time. Yeah, and then he gets his head completely knocked off by that marshmallow. <laughs> I laughed at Romana being like her line of um, all I ever seem to do, all we ever do is fix him or something. I mean, that is true. That is literally all she does. I like the bit where she gets bit by the spider. The way that they do. I mean, the spiders, what do you think of the actual spider? Oh, they're a bit naff, but they're not in the round. It's not like they're the main thing. Do you know what I mean? Like they're literally in that one scene, and we know they exist. Mm-hmm. But you've got that shot where you see the spider sort of trundling along, and you see Romana's boots, and she's like, "They're only spiders." Well, and then it cuts. It like yeah, and she says it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think they're just trying to eke out the tr- the drama of it <laughs> on her face. <laughs> I think even she starts to when the bloody Tardis goes off. Yeah. It's always happening to her. Um, and, but the Marshmen then, they when they come out of the water, again, poor guys who have to sit in that river in those... Oh, my God. That must be horrible to do that. It reminded me of... Um, and this is going back. The TARDIS is coming out of the Thames. TARDIS coming out of the Thames? Yeah, in London. And they, they come out of the water. Do I mean the Thames? I'm sure it was a London thing. Not the TARDIS. Not the TARDIS. The, um... <laughs> oh, the... What, the Loch Ness Dalek. Monster? The Daleks coming out of the town. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. All Sorry. the sea devils came out of the sea. Yeah. They're, um... Yeah, but I see I, what I you mean. I don't know why I went back to that. In my head, I remembered them, like, slowly. <laughs> and it had some sort of, yeah. like... Well, they, I think they're done in slow motion in this. And the music's... The music is quite prominent throughout the music's great throughout it feels very atmospheric it fits very well Mm. and with it just adds with the smoke and the slow motion i think it makes them look a bit more scary than they actually are oh and the 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 young one though oh Oh, yeah yeah i feel really that was something as well that he heals very quickly adric yeah yeah I couldn't work out if they were like a. That's I think the first indication of them being something not human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not human anyway because they're an alien thing. But but I like how the Doctor treats the alien marsh creature, and oh, when they get the guy gets the scalpel out, you're like, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that was really good. That was really. You, you do feel for the creature, which is. That's the point. 
So yeah, and that's yeah, that is the point. Living Dexeter. I don't like the deciders very much. They're really boring, and I suppose it's a bit of a joke. They're the deciders because, but then they never make up their mind on anything really. They never decide anything. I was trying to work out if I was like the top decider, the one that has the files, and you find out that your race never left. Like everything you have known, he very easily was like, "But I've got to do this. I've just got to carry on the lie." And I, I wondered what was there to make you think hang on, I've just learned that we never left this planet and that we don't know how to leave a ship, all this sort of stuff. I've literally just learned this entire information and yet I'm still going to carry on. Yeah, you just sort of follow the procedure because you don't know what else to do. But then even, I mean, because they've been told that that mist is like poisonous, you can't live out there. But obviously you can because the kids are out there and stuff. I mean... They're going into that ship and they know they're never going to leave it. You're going into your own prison in a way. And it doesn't look like that nice a ship. I mean, it's not like you're going into Taylor Swift's kitchen. If that was, I'd be fine. <laughs> I would rather stay out on the forest and just take, eat the fruit and live in a cave and stuff than be forced to n- never leave that ship because it but doesn't look it? very nice. Because the first place that the Marshman went was that cave. So is it that they know that... Well, they no, that take over everything, and well, that was explained because they were going to push the TARDIS down the hill from there to crash the ship. There was a whole conversation about. But then that it... went nowhere. That went nowhere. It was sort of like an idea that they thought they were going to do. Oh yeah, it didn't it? Didn't it explain didn't, it nothing happened that. from it. Oh, I think I think K nine came in and scared them away, maybe. And then they took off. Then Adric presses the button or whatever and takes yeah, yeah. off. And then they take off. Yeah, mm. but. Nothing really came at that. No, I like the how when the Doctor works it out, he does that sort of big shouty speech to the deciders, and he's like, he's back on like he's in good form here. This really is a good, good story for him. Yeah, it's, yeah. I in fact, th- I, that's what I felt. I thought this was a really good story for the Doctor and not a good story for Romana. Did you think like Vash and that were going to die? And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of thought that they might live. That's another reason why I think he's stowed away. Because, like, all of his friends have died. Other than that girl, who he didn't seem that close with. (laughs) All of his friends, his brothers died, the other guy, like, they're all dead. So, and he's learned all this new stuff. So, really, it's not like he's got to go back to his family because they're pretty much all dead. The people, like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that that's that. It's, It's quite, a again, scientific story narrative i liked how romana was like if they stay this speak and it sounds i think actually just sorry we're going back to full circle shit but i think that the marshman i mean it took forty thousand generations so maybe eventually they would but i think it's because that ship arrived that they learned quicker how to take over if that makes sense like it seemed like it seemed like there was a rivalry between them even though they were pretty much the same the marshman and i'm calling them human they're they're the same thing aren't they they are but if what you're saying is the ship arrived and they took over that crew it sounded like the because the reason that they leave they're like they'll get wiped out this this you will be destroying a species. So they seem to be, they don't seem to be the same. I think they're slightly different. I'm just getting confused now because were they like 
oh, we need to find a way off this planet. And then, think... and then the Doctor's like, well, you never left this yeah, planet. yeah, they know they never left. They find out they never yeah. left the planet, but I think they. T- I think the ship arrived. They l- took over. You know, they might have become part of it. You don't know, but whatever reason, they then took on the ship. Those people died. They took it on, and they've obviously learned enough to learn how to work it, but they never knew how to like fly it because it never flew. So they've learned like how to change things, how to maintain it. It could have been that, like, when they landed initially, they like worked together. Maybe they bred. Maybe that's why they have a. Di- I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing, but they are, I think, their own subspecies, and they, they stay. But and that's where the marshmen have issue with them because they have evolved to that rather than as the marshmen are, and that's why that's why the marshmen are fighting them. Okay, I think I get that. Oh, it's confusing once you look into it a bit more. Yeah, it is a bit confusing. I don't know. That's just, I might be wrong. I could be really wrong. Because I don't see the Marshmen as like baddies, really. They're just following instinct. They're not like your monster, we're going to take over and kill you all. but they are trying to fight them. Yeah. And he said something. I can't remember what he said. Something about like, they're like, well, you have to help us leave. And he's like, no, you're going to figure out. And Ramon's like, no, you're going to kill an entire species because they will eventually get them like the work they've worked out how to open doors or work out how to get in they will kill them and you will lose the species so i don't think like she sort of hints that she says it in a way that like they're not the same they are different so their only chance of living this new species that has developed is to go because i don't think the marshman will entirely become them I'm just processing that. (laughs) No, I I might be wrong, but that's why some of this is a bit complicated to understand. Yeah, and there's obviously a big, a huge community of people, I suppose. Although when they're all queuing up to go on the ship, there's just one guy with a book, like, ticking them off. I mean, you need a couple of stations if you're having a whole civilization. There's obviously different doors. Yeah. There you go. That's it. I was like, he's gonna be. He had a massive book. Long busy boy. Whole colony. It's just him. Like us on the door at um <laughs> for the church in Kobe. Yeah. Ticking everyone yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, yeah. I mean, we sort of got into the most of it, really. That's like, yeah. But I, I really like it. I think it's a good. I think mainly the location stuff. I like the story. I like the Marshmen. I know I, I I did really enjoy it, I, and there was enough to keep me intrigued. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I wasn't as tired. <laughs> but that's not the story's fault. That and, and also that's just the nature sometimes of us watching these things. I think it's best so far this season. I mean, uh, it's only number three, but um, oh gosh, I can't even remember last week. So yeah, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Make a um, mega loss. Yeah, you, go on. Give me more than the name. Spiky Doctor. Oh yeah, oh, I did enjoy that one though. But I think this one had just a bit more substance to it. Yeah, well, we will find out next week if Adric is around or not. Yeah. And they are, as far as we know, stuck in eSpace now as well. In fact, I, I'll tell you how much like I was intrigued if it was a stowaway. I was like, we we I finished watching it and I was like, I could start the next episode and say, and I was like, no, I can't do that. That is how much I was like convinced. <laughs> it's a story. Well, the next story is called State of Decay. 
And they're still in e-space. Yes. I think they're going to be travelling around in e-space to another place, and it's a planet that is... Uh, no, I don't think it'll be a planet. I think it'll be... Because that'd be too obvious. We, that feels very sexist to have been a planet that's decaying. I think there'll be... State of Decay. Maybe it's a monster that is, or a baddie. I don't know. But we're in e-space, and I quite enjoy that. Yeah. Opens yes. up whole, it feels like it opens it up does. new possibilities in a way. I feel like we've got, yeah, another sort of momentum of yeah. something going like now. Yeah. That is the word. She says okay. yawning. That is yeah. the word. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 Watch Who. See you next time. Oh, I haven't done an outro. Oh, we'll just get in the Starliner and head off and we will find out what happens to these people. Buy me a coffee. And you can support us at Buy Me a Coffee at 2 Watch Who. Buy me a coffee to watch who. You know what it is. <laughs> the bio. <laughs> yes. Uh, see ya. Bye. Bye. To watch who.